Super Scoreboard. The old firm through the decades. Some call it the greatest derby in the world. It is certainly the game that divides a country. When Celtic play Rangers, Scotland holds its breath. It's life or death to Celtic Rangers fans. Would you have signed for Celtic? No. Would you, Peter, have signed for Rangers? No chance. Absolutely not. Henrik was, um, you know, I call him a freak of nature. You know, 242 goals in 315 games. You know, that, that is just freakish. For me, it's the best Rangers team of all time that we were up against, and that's the biggest compliment I can pay those guys. When you walk in the doors, there's a special aura. When Graham left, David Murray actually just said, what do we need here? And we all said straight away, it's that man there. Our challenge, when, when Graham came in, was to put Celtic off the, the top of the league. I don't care who we lose at me. See if you win a sign for us, you can't lose at me, Rangers. I'd have given him the world. For us. The old firm is beyond anything I've experienced and ever seen and all that as well and you don't know how it is until you actually experience it yourself. Each family hands down the mantle supporting their particular team and that'll carry on forever. Super Scoreboard. The old firm through the decades. It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard for another big weekend of domestic football. Last season's Scottish Cup semi-finals start later with an Edinburgh derby at Hampden. Then it's over to Celtic and Aberdeen while Rangers look to take advantage in the league at Kilmarnock. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me in the studio, Alex Ray, Mark Wilson and Hugh Keevans. Here is today's menu. Bread and butter at Tannadice, Livingston and Capolo And then salt and sauce with that at Hamden at 5 o'clock And Edinburgh Derby on the day Edinburgh's most famous son bids all of us a fond farewell Caviar tomorrow Rangers in the league against their bogey team Kilmarnock Celtic looking to beat Aberdeen And win 35 cup ties in a row 90 minutes away From a potential Quadruple treble I'm glad I came out In the rain now Alec <laughs> Well a big weekend uh, Gordon again And the big one Hearts v Hibs Later on But um, Hughes built it up Perfectly there Tomorrow Rangers away to Kilmar a, a tough tough game And then Celtic v Aberdeen A lot to look forward to And also The fact Dundee United Ross County Livy Motherwell So what to get our teeth in Yeah they're going to have to contend With the weather issues out there It's blown a gale Gordon We've got a full card In the championship In the lower leagues as well So looking forward to this afternoon And Hugh you, you teed up Ever so uh, Appropriately In your, your headlines There it's not often That we'd break away At the start of Clyde one super scoreboard For a non-football story But yeah. I, I think you're right I think that's the, the way The country's feeling This afternoon uh, For that sad news That Sir Sean Connery Has passed away At the age of 90 I remember Gordon uh, a cup tie at Celtic Park Celtic versus Queen's Park Sean Connery was there He walked past me Mark In the foyer at Celtic Park I have never been ignored By anyone more famous than that <laughs> <laughs> oh, how, dare he. how dare he Yeah, uh, Sad sad news yeah, He's such an iconic Individual yeah. yeah individual for Scotland So yeah yep, Sad it, news to start the day Any Sir Sean Connery stories Alex Ray? Listen, my missus met him in uh, Heathrow, Gordon And she just passed by <laughs> Caught a glimpse of Sir Sean He said, Sean, can I get the autograph? 
So she's rummaging about the car for three or four minutes and he's like looking at her going, come on, hen, get your thing. <laughs> the next minute, she had about 30 or 40 people around who's looking at my missus landing well like that. Come on, look what you've caused here. Anyway, but he was kind enough to give everyone an autograph. Yeah, there we go. I'm sure there'll be uh, plenty of anecdotes and stories and links to Scottish football throughout the afternoon. We're here until six o'clock. And uh, Hugh, a bit of a, a spread in terms of people's attention span because on one hand, we're just getting over... Europe, that's that's the way yeah. it works on a Thursday night We go straight back into league action at the weekend And because of these strange times that we find ourselves in Last season's Scottish Cup semi-finals Taking place on Halloween Honestly, I think it's a fantastic weekend I really am glad to be here with the guys and yourself And looking forward to all of it So important for uh, Dundee United at home Last two weekends they haven't scored a goal However, last two weekends they haven't lost a goal uh, Then you've got um, Motherwell uh, Who Possibly stand to get Six points Because of coronavirus If things go their way When Kilmarnock And uh, St Mirren Come up before the Disciplinary bodies And then Tonight Hibs have never Beaten Hearts In a Scottish Cup Semi-final They've only had two Mind you But <laughs> Hearts have won Both of them And it's going to be A terrific occasion And then tomorrow Well What do you want? Rangers if they beat Kilmarnock can go 9 points clear at the top of the league And Celtic as I say 35 cup wins in a row if they beat Aberdeen 35 Amazing Yeah the psychology of all Mark Wilson so fascinating Because as Hugh says that record is outstanding Even if Celtic were to lose to Aberdeen tomorrow To win that many cup ties in a row It's a run that'll have to come to an end at some point But I I don't think that's of any comfort to the Celtic fans this afternoon Who'll be desperate to win that game And then of course Games in hand Are one thing But Rangers with the chance To go nine clear in the league it's So there's a lot yeah. to take in At the moment Yeah it's a huge weekend Huge day tomorrow um, Huge right Rangers have got a, a real opportunity You know I know Celtic Will have the games in hand But it's always better To have the points On the board in my opinion It just squeezes that wee bit More pressure Extra pressure Off Celtic But this argument that or, or this saying I'm hearing about Celtic All the time It's got to come to an end Sometime of course it does, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be tomorrow. I think it'll be a tough game for Neil Lennon's side, but I still think they'll have enough. And as Hugh said earlier, Alex, for all Rangers are confident and doing very well, There's a there are a few fixtures that could potentially damage Rangers' Absolutely. confidence that, than, um, than the, a visit to Rugby Park. Yeah, I think when you look at the last couple of years, Gordon, it's been a place where they have dropped points. They have the nucleus of their team when you look at Finlay, Broadfoot, Power, Dicker and uh, Kabamber up front So they have that physical element through the middle And the one thing when you get down to that AstroTurf is You need to roll your sleeves up con- Considering the weather also Well we're here until 6 o'clock So we'll get through all of the big previews For the Salt and Sauce Derby <laughs> As Hugh Keevans calls it For the game between Celtic and Aberdeen For Kilmarnock against Rangers What about today's 3 o'clock offerings then? Only 2 in the Scottish Premiership Unfortunately The Tony Macaroni Arena That's where we've sent Fraser Wishart this afternoon To watch Livingston And Motherwell Yeah happy to be here Gordon the weather's a bit better Than in the west But still not great It's dry But a really strong Blustery wind You'll probably hear that Through my microphone As I'm talking Just now And I hope it just doesn't Ruin the game Because this has got a, The making of a really Good match Both sitting in 11 points Just separated by goal difference And with an opportunity Today to put a bit more distance between themselves and the teams at the bottom of the table with the likes of St Johnson, St Murn and Aki's not playing. We talk every week that this is such a tight league from fifth down, they can all beat each other and Livingston have also got such a good home record in general. 
and a really good record against Motherwell in recent times. So they will really fancy their chances, especially as Motherwell come here with a long injury list. Stephen Robinson saying that he's got six knee injuries, including both his goalkeepers, of course, Scott Fox, injured in pre-season and is out for the whole season. Trevor Carson off injured last week. I think he's going to be out for about three months. And I think they really miss Liam Donnelly in midfield, who's hardly played this season and is still missing as well. They did sign Scottish international goalkeeper Jordan Archer during the week. He starts on the bench with on loan Aaron Chapman in goals. He replaced Trevor Carson last week. The flip side of that, of course, is that young players will get an opportunity. Barry Maguire plays in midfield. Max Johnson, only 16, the son of Alan Johnson, the Queen of South manager, a teammate of mine at Hearts many years ago, and four others are on the bench. But Livingston won't change much. We know their style. They get the ball forward early and then allow their good footballers that they have, Pittman, Holt, Sybil, to play in the last third. So despite the conditions that you can hear in my microphone, I'm really looking forward to this really interesting game between two pretty evenly matched sides. One change for Livingston. Josh Mullins in for Effie Ambrose. Max Stryek keeps his place despite Robbie McCrory being available again in goals. Back for Nicky Devlin, Kieran Brown, John Guthrie and Julian Serrano. In midfield, Josh Mullin, Marvin Bartley, Jason Holt and Craig Sibbald with Scott Pittman just off the lone striker, J. Emmanuel Thomas. The subs for Livingston, Robbie McCrory, Effie Ambrose, Aaron Taylor-Sinclair, Jack Fitzwater, Steve Lawson, Alan Forrest, Scott Robinson and Matej Plopatnik. For Motherwell, they've got uh, two changes. Aaron Chapman comes into the team in goal. Stephen O'Donnell, Mark O'Hara, Declan Gallagher and Nathan McGinley at the back in midfield. Alan Campbell, Barry Maguire and Liam Polworth with Tony Watt, Devante Cole and Callum Lang as the strikers. Jordan Archer, Jordan White, Jake Hasty, David Devine, Dean Cornelius, Max Johnson, Yusuf Hussein, Matthew McDonald and Chris Long are on the bench. And the referee today at the Tony Macaroni Stadium is John Beaton. Yeah, never a great deal uh, between the sides when they meet Fraser. The only game they've played this season, a 2-2 draw at Fir Park. It was only a couple of months ago and how things change on the score sheet that night. David Turnbull for Motherwell and Lyndon Dykes for Livingston. So both sides trying to show that they can get by after losing such talented players, but obviously um, having raked in a fair bit of cash in the process. Yeah, and in a time where our games uh, facing tough financial times, I think very welcome in the bank account to have that kind of money and uh, from those those transfers. But Livingston have got a good record against Motherwell. I don't think Motherwell beaten them for for well over a year. The last three home games here have been two wins for the home side and a draw. I was at one of those games as well. Motherwell kind of struggled to to play here, and I think today it's going to be all about attitude. It's going to be all about desire because the wind is blustery. So there'll be times when you when the player players are playing on a long pass and it will just blow out the park or it'll hold up in the wind or it'll run through and skip off the, the wet surface so it's about attitude we all know what Livingston do they test you every single week you know. and I'm not one that criticises uh, their style they play a style that suits their players and uh, although they do get the ball back to front very very quickly as I said earlier they've got good football so if Motherwell are off it and not quite up to their game then, then the, the Livingston will certainly take advantage of that It does sound windy for what it's worth it sounds extremely windy uh, Fraser how much how keen will Gary Holt be to get back to that I think you can certainly still class Livingston's home form as good but you know when you contrast it to last season they lost only two home league games last season they've already lost three uh, at the start of this campaign so I'm sure he'll be desperate to try and get that a bit more solid like it was last term yeah, yeah, we want to get back to that because we've spoken often about the, the poor record away from home. It really is a, a home record that's very, very successful. I think that those three games, I think before that, uh, before this kind of earlier on the year, they only, only lost one home game. So they really have a, an excellent record. But, uh, you know, both these teams had spells very early in the season, four or five games gone when they were sitting at the bottom of the table and didn't have a victory. And, of course, they have kind of turned that around. But uh, it's so tight, you know, they're only four points off uh, Hamilton and St Murn at the bottom of the table as well. But they're only three points behind Kilmarnock who are sitting in fifth place and I think it'll be like that all season so games like this 
very, very important for Livingston because they could quite easily, if they don't pick up their home form, they could easily drop towards the bottom of the table. So just hope that the wind doesn't ruin this game. Uh, I think there'll be plenty of action in any case because wind sometimes when the ball's blown about, especially in the penalty box and people can't clear it, to, it's, it's, it could be an entertaining game. In terms of individuals that you might be looking out for, Fraser, it feels like Tony Watts, kind of the man of the moment at Motherwell. Uh, currently, what was it last week? He scored one, he set up one, won a penalty, and cleared one off the line. So it wasn't a bad afternoon's work, and I'm sure Stephen Robinson will be wanting that from him on a consistent basis. Yeah, we all know he's a good player, and uh, he can play in a number of positions he can play right up front I think he'll play just off the main striker Devante Cole who, who I like I saw him last year and I think he's a very good striker as well to play off so, so Tony will enjoy that and you know, people criticise Tony Watt because he's, he's gone in a wander around the world around, around England he is quite happy doing that as well and what a good career he, he has had so far he seems to be settled at Motherwell he's still young enough to, to make a big, a big impact at Motherwell and I think he's enjoying his, his football but uh, if you can get a, a Tony Watt settled and you can get a happy Tony Watt and he's playing at his best he'll be a terrific asset for for Motherwell they've got Callum Lang who, who I've seen a couple of times as well bit hit and miss but he's got a talent in, in the wider areas and of course support from the likes of Paul Worth and, and Campbell in the midfield so I think if Motherwell are up for it they've got a good chance of getting the three points today See Mark Wilson listen to that listen to the background the you'd much rather be in here than in a dugout on an afternoon like this <laughs> Too right Gordon right. I'm not missing days like this There we go you're yeah. fine we'll look after you uh, Let's hear from both bosses starting with the home manager Gary Holt we all look at and, and know the results matter. We're not daft, we're, we know that, but as long as the performances and the levels of output the players are producing, you're hoping that the results will come with that. You keep hammering home the messages of how we're playing and how we're going about our job and the wee bit of luck that you need uh, at both ends of the pitch to go your way. And we've found that at times we've been unfortunate, but I'm more than happy with how we've been playing, how the performances have been, how the, 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 the team shaping and, and the, the squad's evolving but at the end of the day we want to win games that's all that really matters sometimes um, so we just need to get that, that focus on again of, of picking up points um, and getting the office running to, to go with the good performances This is a, a big game for us you know um, Livingston have been very difficult opponents for us I watched their, their game at Ibrox on, on Sunday and the, the second half were very good they changed their shape I think they'll probably go against us um, and they were very good they were, they were aggressive as they are they put so many balls into your box and it's a, a real difficult team to play against you know we, we play some very good football but we have to be aware that there's going to be a real physical battle um, when we turn up on, on Saturday So that's game one in the Premiership this afternoon game two is at Tannadice Dundee United against Ross County here's Mark Guidi Yeah thanks very much Gordon yeah, as you say Dundee United against Ross County Dundee United Top of the uh, pile on the, the, the bottom half of the table in sixth uh, place, and uh, for a victory for them today would take them above Kilmarnock uh, in fifth. But it's the same story for Ross County there in seventh place on 12 points, one point behind United. And of course, United have made the headlines this week for wage cuts and deferrals, all of which is still to be sorted out one way or another. And I'm sure we'll discuss that later in the programme. But for both sides good incentive to try and get a victory today it's blowy as we've heard down in, in Livingston too and it's the same at Tannadice although the pitch is looking in first class condition for Dundee United they go with a 4-2-3-1 formation it's Benji Segrist in goals the man who's kept two clean sheets the past two games against Aberdeen and St Johnson and being Dundee United's best player a back four of Liam Smith Ryan Edwards Mark Reynolds and Jamie Robson the holding two Ian Harks and Callum Butcher and it's Peter Pollock Nicky Clark and Luke Bolton in behind the lone striker Lawrence Shankland on the bench for uh, United it is Powers McMullen and King Fotheringham a pair Nielsen 
Mehmet Sporro and Fuchs for Ross County. They go with a 4-4-2. Uh, formation for Stuart Kettwell is going with Ross Duhin and goals at the back. Connor Randall, Alex Iacavite, Cole Donaldson and Josh Reid. In midfield, it's Charlie Lacken, Ian Viger, Stephen Kelly and Regan Charles-Cook. And up front, it is Billy Mackay and Ross Stewart. On the bench for the Staggies, Tremarco, Gardine, Shaw and O'Connor. Graviste, Hilton, Tilson, Payton. Sub-goalkeeper is Laidlaw and today's match referee at Tannadice is Stephen Kirkland. Yeah, Mark Greedy, you mentioned that cloud that may well be hanging over Dundee United at the moment with financial difficulties, potential wage cuts. H- having seen similar scenarios in the past, nothing compares to, to what we're all going through at the moment, but do you think that's the type of thing players can just leave behind when they cross that white line? Does it ever impact performances? Well, we'll, we'll wait and see today. It's the first game that the United have played since the news broke on uh, Wednesday evening when, when we went on air. Uh, Gordon Super Scoreboard, uh, you showed us the, the tweet, the breaking news, and um, there's been discussions, but I don't think anything has been set in stone. So hopefully the United players can put it uh, to the back of their minds if they don't, if they get a negative result today, no doubt. That will be cast up to, to Mickey Mellon in terms of uh, what kind of frame of mind the players are in, the, the squad is in. But, um, you know, what's happened, it's, we, we hope that things can be resolved and people can keep earning as, as, as much money as possible. But if fans are not allowed to get back into football stadiums this year and there's no income coming in, then eventually it could hit a number of clubs and it might not be too far away, unfortunately. So it might be something that players uh, and staff, uh, albeit it's sore, and it's not right, but it might be something they're going to have to to, to, to put up with in the short term. OK, Dundee United against Ross County is our second Premiership offering this afternoon. Our featured Championship game today is at Capelo, where Morton host Air United, and Roger Hanna's got the teams from that one. Yeah, we're just three weeks into the new season at this level. Remember, Gordon, I'm sampling my first championship action of the campaign down at Caplo. David Hopkins, Morton, they, t- they took four points from two games in the Betfred Cup to warm up for the league campaign, the, the delayed start. And they've started with a 1-0 win here against Aloha and a 1-0 defeat to Dundee at Dens last week. Notably, though, they were one of the informed teams before lockdown, just one defeat in eight. And Hopkins hasn't really rotated his squad too much. Um, he misses Robbie Muirhead today. He was sent off at Dundee last week. But to counterbalance that, he's got Rangers low knee. Josh McPeg back from his own band so it's a it's a 3-4-2-1 I'm reliably told Aidan McAdams in goal back three Marcus Fjortov Brian McLean and Sean McGinty across the middle Cammy Solkeld Cammy Blues Jim McAllister and Lewis Strapp and then Aidan Nesbitt and Josh McPeg tucked in behind Calvin Orsi on the bench for Morton Jacobs Colville, McIver, McGuffey, Ledger, Oliver and Omar. As for Mark Kells, United really started with a home win against Mark Wilson's favourite QOS and then a draw at Inverness last week. One where they feel they could have taken three points, a late equaliser for Cali Thistle there. New captain Jack Baird, he spent last season on loan here from St Mirren before his permanent move to air and he's one of several newcomers this season to add to an air squad which is in the promotion playoffs prior to lockdown in March. They brought in Finnish goalkeeper Viljami Sinisalo who's on loan from Aston Villa, very highly rated. Um, he's come in, Baird's come in, Joe Chalmers, Scotland under 21, Cap Patrick Redding, Cammy Smith on loan from Dundee United, Bruce Anderson on loan from Aberdeen and Ennis Cameron on loan from Kilmarnock and the scorer on his debut in Inverness last weekend. Cameron only in the bench today as is another new signing, Michael Miller. So they go with Viljami Sinisalo in goals. A back four, Aaron Muirhead, Jack Baird, the captain, Sam Roscoe and Patrick Redding. Just in front of Andy Murdoch and Joe Chalmers and then a three of Cammy Smith Michael Moffat and Luke McCowan who's back from a ban behind Bruce Anderson the striker on the bench it's Houston Miller Cameron Hewitt Hugh Reid 
Mackenzie and Smith. I don't know whether I'm building my hopes up, Gordon, but 14 goals in three games between these sides last season, so I do have high hopes, even if Storm Maiden is battering the tail of the bank as we speak. Referee at Capelos, Greg Aiken. Goalless draw written all over it. Roger Hanna there at Capelo for Morton against Air United. So that's the team news from our three... Three o'clock games We've got Hearts and Hibs Still to come at five o'clock And of course Two massive matches Tomorrow as well But at this stage On a Saturday We always get all the guys involved Look back on some of the week's Biggest talking points And we'll do that next The team with the biggest support In Glasgow and the West This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson and Alex Ray Are in the studio We've got the top team All around the grounds When I say all around the grounds I mean it Three of them Two of them in the Premiership It's a bit of a disjointed uh, Fixture card this afternoon But as always at this time On a Saturday We get everyone involved And look back on Some of the week's Biggest talking points Maybe not One obvious uh, Standout But a few important things To get through Let's start with Europe On Thursday night Mark Guidi uh, I'll bring you in Because you were here on Wednesday So that was the last we heard from you Talking about <coughs> What it could mean, I think the consensus on Wednesday was that people fancied Rangers to win and Celtic would be bang up against it. So how, how did you, you see the way it all panned out? Uh, well, I, I didn't think uh, Celtic would get anything from the game uh, in Lille. I thought, I thought they would lose, so, so credit to them. Um, I suppose the, the niggle or the disappointment for, for Neil Lennon and these players will be having gone uh, two goals up uh, that they didn't manage to, to seat out. But that said, a point away from home gets them off the mark. Uh, against a good uh, Lille team and for, for Rangers I think it as we say expected them probably to win comfortably it didn't work out that way but I think where you give Rangers credit is it shows their maturing as a team it shows the patience that they've got in the team and, and again it just um, hammers home the point about um, how they know how to handle European football another great ball from from, from Baric, Barisic into the box and there's Morelos with his, with his 21st European goal so all in all a good night another clean sheet and uh, the joint top of the table uh, Mark Wilson let me ask you because it's easy for us mere mortals to speculate as a player that, that scenario that poses itself to Celtic it ended up being the subject of much debate last night are you happy with the point because it's a difficult place to go or are you frustrated at the way the game pans out from a player's perspective? From a player, um, I think you are frustrated because once you get your noses in front and you do the hard work, it, defending is always the easiest part of the game. Creating and, and scoring goals is the hardest part of the game. You know, So when you do that and you score a couple of outstanding goals, you know all you need to do is then see it out. But again, you take into consideration Celtic are playing a top-class side here, so... They were always going to come under fire um, So they will be frustrated But I think when Neil Lennon goes away And looks at it and analyses it He would be happy with the performance Definitely he would have taken a point before it And you know I've seen some still some negativity on In social media from Celtic fans Saying why is everybody you know celebrating this point And we were two up But in the grand scheme of things Celtic have faced a very good AC Milan side Although Everyone's saying it's not the names of the past Still a very good AC Milan side And uh, a team at the top of the French division And I think they've not done not too badly the other night They've shown up quite well And I think Neil will take the confidence from that Going into tomorrow's game I think that was badly needed The performance I think was badly needed From a Celtic point of view um, And to get the point on top of that is, is a bonus as well Alex, same, same yeah. to you having played the game Is it the type of thing that 
is, is perhaps frustrating at full time Yeah absolutely But, but then by the next morning or, or the next evening You're able to take a bit more of a, a pragmatic view on it I think uh, initially you'd be frustrated Having put yourself in a very good position I thought the first half they were very good Gordon I thought the way they managed the game The way they kind of built into the game uh, They imposed their style on Leo uh, And they scored two terrific goals So I think the initial response will be A sense of disappointment Because as Matt said You try and manage that game out See it out and then all of a sudden it's a real momentum changer uh, to concede a couple in the second half. But I think in the cold light of day, I think a point's up and running. Celtic have a double header against Sparta Prague. Potentially you're looking at maybe maximum points for that if you're actually going to try and progress out of that group. Because as Mark said, you still got to go to Milan, which is difficult. And then you have Lille at Parkhead. So it's still very much uh, in the balance, that group. So I, I, listen, I think the, the encouraging thing was it looked as if he'd get back to a, a shape. Everybody was comfortable, Gordon, and that's something they can build on. Yeah, Roger Hanna, the, the thing about this discussion at the moment is, is is these are all linked. People might want to try and separate Europe and say, well, it doesn't matter, we'd rather focus on domestic stuff. But but Celtic were in search of a performance or a result, which, which got them back on track, which allows them to do the business against Aberdeen tomorrow, which allows them to perhaps close that gap. Rangers have opened up. Did, did the performance the other night give them enough to build on? Yeah, I think everything's linked, Gordon. It has to be. If you if you take a two-two draw away to Lille, joint top of the French league, if you take it in isolation, it's a good result for Celtic. It was a decent performance. Neil Lennon will take a lot of positives out of El Yunusi. Obviously, Laxalt. I thought you know it's amazing to think the four games he's played for Celtic that haven't won a game yet, but he's actually impressed me. Laxalt at left back, Edward as well coming back into the team. Just a couple of times you saw him get the ball on that inside left channel, and he just threatens danger any time he's in the ball. So there are positives for Celtic to take out that. The, the problem is people are linking it to the three games that came prior. Um, I think if Celtic can get a win against Aberdeen tomorrow, can get a win at home to Sparta Prague and, and build in terms of the Europa League group, build on the point in Lille, I think by the end of the week things could look a whole lot better for Celtic and Nolan. What do you think, Fraser, on that topic? Because it was a week dominated on this show um, and any other place where you would hear football discussion about the, the criticism of Celtic The criticism of Neil Lennon He then came out swinging He wasn't happy with it um, And he, even that wasn't enough though for, for a lot of Celtic Some Celtic fans I don't know how many But for some Not to back down Is it Was it deserved? Has it been over the top? Well, I was quite pleased to see Neil Lennon coming out and having a, having a wee go. You know, I think if, if we're allowed to give our opinion and supporters are allowed to give their opinion on social media, then uh, football people should be able to come back and say, no, but it comes with the territory. If you're playing for a big club, then then uh, you're expected to win. And fans of big clubs in general don't understand losing because they win so often. And Celtic have been fantastic for so many years, won so many trophies. So when they do lose a couple of games, fans look at it and say, no, that's not right. We, we don't lose games like that. But uh, it has happened. And if, if you lose three games... Uh, in, in, in a row then you are going to come under pressure I was at Rangers in 1994 and Walter Smith won five trophies out of six we lost three games in a week and there was polls in newspapers about Walter Smith going as well it happens but you've got to fight and come back from that and that's where the mentality of the manager and the players is, uh, is, is absolutely paramount I thought it was a really good result against Lille but the goals they lost were a real disappointment and, and I was struck by how small a team Celtic actually are because it was really set plays that were causing them problems. For all Lille had all the possession and looked at scoring, they still defended fairly well. But other than the two centre-backs, you're looking at the two full-backs, Brown and McGregor midfield, you know, up front as well, they had a Yeti at one point. And that's why he brought on Welsh, was just to try and see it out because that becomes a problem for Celtic because they've got a lot of small, good footballers. But uh, the two goals are disappointing, I think. They could both have been stopped, the, the goals, despite uh, Lille's, Lille's play. But... A point away from home in Europe to Lille, who are in good form, 
it's, it's a decent result in the end, but I say, to go on to what Mark was saying, absolutely, as a player, you've been really disappointed in the manner of it, but in the end, a point's a good result. Uh, and of course, Hugh Keevans, again, it, it, it does feed into to tomorrow. The, the big games just come thick and fast. Listen to the guys talking there, I, I was just struck by the fact that Celtic historically has always been a volatile club. Don't forget that 26 years ago, Celtic supporters changed the course of the club's history by saying, enough. They removed a board and they brought in a man who, Fergus McCann, created the modern day Celtic that you have now. So it's always been a volatile club and the supporters will demand their say. I think it's the proverbial two-sided coin with Celtic. On the one hand, they were excellent going forward. Il Yunusi came alive and if he can do the same tomorrow against Aberdeen, that's very important. Edward, if he's good enough to get on the park, fit enough to get on the park on Thursday night, he's fit enough to get on the park on Sunday afternoon. And Celtic need a good result. And I would suggest a clean sheet against Aberdeen. 35 cup wins in a row would be sensational. A clean sheet would just calm everyone down. So there was much to be happy about for the Celtic supporters in France. There was also much to be unhappy about because the loss of two more goals means it's 10 in four games. Neil Lennon keeps referring to fragility. He's absolutely correct. There can be no fragility tomorrow or Celtic might feel the consequences. Uh, and Roger Hanna, when you look at, at Rangers at the moment, weirdly the Lech Poznan game kind of follows on from, from the domestic games at the moment where they're just getting the job done. They're winning games, not conceding goals, not giving the opposite team... Chances And even if they're not Anywhere near their best It doesn't seem to matter Because there's always That degree of, of comfort Within a match Yeah you've seen a few Different ways to win That Rangers have found In the last few days There was a sort of Spectacular way to clinch it In Liège A week past on Thursday night There was the Get the job done quickly Version on Sunday Against Livingston A couple of goals off After 15-16 minutes And then there was The digging it out When you're not playing Particularly well Version um, A wonderful cross by Borna Barisic for the goal a terrific header by Morelos off the bench, he maybe thought he had a point to prove Gordon, you know, Roof to call Kimar Roof to call, the plaudits for that goal in Belgium, then Jermaine Defoe to call the plaudits at the weekend for his 300th career goal, so Morelos maybe felt he needed to come back in and, and just prove a point before he started um, you know, anyone saying he was no longer first choice striker, I think he is first choice striker, I think he'll start at Kilmarnock tomorrow and Rangers will need to find a way tomorrow, maybe another way, to get a win because they have a dreadful record down there. I think since they clinched the league at Rugby Park in 2011, eight league games, five defeats, two draws and only one victory. And that was that Conor Goldson injury time header a couple of years ago. It has not been a happy hunting ground for Rangers or for Stephen Gennard. And they want to change that tomorrow. Is that the way you see it regarding Alfredo Morelos, Alex? Because... I don't think his performances have been actually criticised too much because his role's changed a little bit and he's, he's still been performing okay. Yeah. But but that does become a bit of an issue when all the other strikers are coming in and scoring and he's not. So for him to do that the other night, how important was that? Yeah, it was very important, Gordon, because it's, I think it was six games, five or six games he hadn't scored a goal. And when you associate uh, Morelos, you always kind of link him to goals. Uh, I think he has become more of a team player. I think when you look at the way he plays now, he's linking better. Uh, and I think that's a good thing for Rangers because when you look at the 14 other guys who are actually contributing in terms of goals are spread about whereas in the last couple of years if Morelos is not scoring Rangers struggled so I think the fact that it's kind of been a divvied up with all the other players that will help 
But it also makes him more hungry as well, Gordon, because as you say, when Defoe comes in and then Roos scoring goals as well, all of a sudden there's a pressure on to actually perform at a better level. So I think it helps uh, everyone associated. And I think that's the reason why Steven Gerrard was so desperate to get uh, a couple of more reinforcements in that area. And it's not often, Roger Hanna, we get stories that are positive across the board, but the one we got during the week was the news that we've got five European, European places for next season, two in the Champions League, one in the Europa League and two in the new... Uh, conference uh, Depends You know Who wins the cup In terms of how those Will be divvied up But that's A reward for the hard work That uh, Particularly Celtic and Rangers Have been putting in In the last couple of seasons Yes Particularly Celtic and Rangers I think at times It feels like only Celtic and Rangers um, And you see some of the other results Although You know Motherwell and Aberdeen Did contribute a bit early In this season um, It's great news Particularly for Celtic and Rangers assuming that in, in one way or the other they'll be the top two at the end of the season um, not only are they in the qualifiers but rather than starting in the first qualifying round and facing four different games as Celtic would have done this season one goes in the third qualifying round and one goes in in the second qualifying round so there's a far better chance of the clubs actually making it through to the group stage of the Champions League and that's something unfortunately we haven't seen in Scotland for a few years now um, I believe the team who qualifies from the Scottish Cup goes into what we know now as a Europa League and the teams that finish third and fourth in the league you know assuming it's a different team that goes in via the Scottish Cup they would go into this new Conference League um, I've yet to really work out how all of that's going to work in this Euro Conference League and the sort of level of opposition that they would face Gordon but it's it's something we should embrace the more Scottish teams we can see in continental competition I think the better for all and Fraser, forgive me if it sounds like I'm almost getting carried away, but it's because I am. The results the other night mean that Scotland moved into 11th in the coefficient ranking. If we were to hold on to that position, then it would almost certainly give us a direct qualifier straight into the Champions League group stages. Now, we've got a battle on our hands there because the Ukraine, for instance, are nearby in the coefficient table. They've still got Dinamo Kiev and Shakhtar Donetsk in the Champions League, who could then drop in to the Europa League. But... If Celtic and Rangers can both get some wins And can both get out the group There is every chance we'd get an automatic Champions League place as well Yeah definitely Can you see Rangers fans supporting Celtic And vice versa in the Europa League Or maybe because it doesn't affect each other But uh, we kind of need that to happen I know it's boring And the fans just want to talk about goals And action and all that kind of stuff But this is vital I mean as you say The top 10 automatically get into the Champions League The, the league winners 11th usually gets in because one of the top countries win yep. the Champions League so 11th gets in normally if we can stay there then remember that's 30 million guaranteed not even having to play one single qualifying game so very important times it's just great to see Rangers and Celtic competing and some of the teams are playing against we repeat it time after time of course they can't compete against the big English clubs and Barcelona's this world but they're playing against good European clubs Portos and Feyenoord and uh, these types of teams as well Stanley Asia are flying as well you know Celtic uh, playing against Lille who are flying in the French we should start to give our teams credit, you know, and if they can just keep going, you never know, we might just have a team automatic Champions League for 22-23 season, that'd be great. Fraser, the answer to your question is that the Rangers supporters hope Celtic lose every time they play, and the Celtic supporters hope Rangers lose every time they play. Glad we cleared that up, thank you very much. Fraser Wishart is out there at the Tony Macaroni, looking ahead to Livingston against Motherwell. Dundee United taking on Ross County, Mark Guidi's up at Tannadice, our featured championship match this afternoon is at Capelo where Roger Hanna's keeping an eye on Morton against Ayr don't forget lots more to come this afternoon because we've got a Hearts-Hibs Scottish Cup semi-final from last season to take place at Hamden at 5 
Two big games tomorrow One in the league And the other Scottish Cup semi-final as well So we'll continue building up to the 3 o'clock kickoffs next The winning team All season long This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans, Mark Wilson and Alex Ray are in the studio We've got the team all around the grounds Looking ahead to the 3 o'clock games Just two in the Premiership And one featured Championship game for us this afternoon Then it's on to Scottish Cup action today and tomorrow uh, With another big Premiership match at Rugby Park on Sunday as well Let's continue with the build-up to the 3 o'clock games Because they're getting close Livingston against Motherwell um, is going on in the studio £20 to buy that game today But Hugh Keevans has offered to buy it for the troops um, So that, so that he's, he's got I, something I for us to watch coin. this afternoon I gave you a pound coin to watch it um, It does look very windy The TV camera seems to be shaking around quite considerably So we've got a bit of sympathy Not too much uh, For Fraser Wishart who is watching that one Livy against Motherwell uh, At the Tony Macaroni Motherwell's injury was Fraser are, are quite something Particularly because They all seem to be Knee injuries And in particular They're having real problems uh, In the goalkeeping Position at the moment Trevor Carson out Until the new year It's a real blow for him Given everything he's been through Yeah it is And he spent last year After his Of course his uh, it was deep, th- deep vein thrombosis That he had And then he was sub last year Because Mark Gillespie was, was so good And he was playing so well He was back in the Northern Ireland squad as well So it's a real blow For, for Trevor as an individual And, and mother was a team Because he lost Scott Fox Who was brought in As his number two uh, during pre-season with a cruciate ligament injury he'll probably miss most of the season so they've had to turn to, to Aaron Chapman who's a, who's a big lad in the goals and uh, they've signed Jordan Archer as well the former Scotland international who's who's looking for a, for a club but it's, it's all a bit disruptive and as you say it's so strange to have so many knee injuries uh, some of these if there's a like a spate of hamstring injuries or groin problems you might look at the training pitch or the warm-ups or the training schedule but the injuries tend to be through contact you know so there's not really much you can do as a, as, as a club and uh, you know there's so many players out and when you, when you t- relate it to Covid sorry you know, we've had uh, so many calls saying, you know, if, if teams are without eight players or six players, then games should be called off, etc., etc. And I've said so often, it happens through injuries. It can happen through a flu, but it happens through injuries as well. You know, if we date seven players out through COVID today for Motherwell, then you just get on with the game and clubs are going to have to, to get through that. But uh, the, the plus point is, like, so Barry Maguire, who's been around Motherwell for quite some time in and out the team, Scotland number 21 international, now making his name as a centre midfield player and a centre back, he's going to get a run of games because Liam Donnelly's out as well. Young Max Johnson and four others are on the bench Max is 16 and he's got, supposedly got a fantastic future ahead of him a terrific fullback, and he'll get on if somebody gets injured so I think that's always a plus point sometimes clubs carry too many first team players and it blocks the, the pathway to the first team but for Motherwell yet again another another glut of youngsters getting an opportunity which is always good for the game and good for them and Aaron Chapman the man in goals today Fraser 6 foot 8 18 stone by all accounts Hugh Evans we're talking about him parting with a pound this afternoon imagine him having to pick up the food bill for Aaron Chapman <laughs> I'll tell you what I wouldn't fancy a 50-50 as the big man runs off his lane and dies at your feet he's, he's a big unit but the most important thing is can he catch it and can he keep out the goals <laughs> that's the most important thing that he can, they can, he can have for a goalie so he could be big as long as he keeps it out, that, out the net then he could be 6 foot 2 5 foot 2 it doesn't matter yeah a bit of a, str- a strange time for Motherwell Aside from the injuries Fraser Because they've had the Covid postponements For Kilmarnock and St Mirren They didn't start the season Particularly well But they've not had A great run of games For us really to establish Their form I mean the league table Would tell you that They've not had a Brilliant start to the season But they've actually won Three out of their last Four league games Without conceding a single goal Beat Aberdeen 3-0 at Pataudry And beat Ross County 4-0 Within that spell So there are 
there are signs there that, that they actually are finding a little bit of form yeah that way annoying uh, Stephen Robinson is the fact that they can't just keep playing every single week there's so many disruptions you've got international weekends as well when there's no games and uh, because they were in Europe there's no they're not playing in the, in the League Cup so there's all sorts of, sort of disruptions and starts and stops but uh, I mean I'm not a fan as I've said before of giving teams the points uh, due, due to the Covid because that's a decision taken by people outside of football to maybe close a football club and not allow them to, to play and that's fair enough that's who, who make those decisions but football wise I don't think they should get the points but if they do you know they rock it right up the league you know they go into 17 points they've got 11 just now they could win today and they, and they actually go up to, to chasing the, the teams above them Hibs and, and Aberdeen so it is important for, for Motherwell just to keep that momentum going but as you say for four games and undefeated, not losing any goals, and to, to be so spread out it must be really, really frustrating for for, uh, for for Stephen Robson. But the plus side is he might get his uh, his injured players back sooner and still have more games to play. So they'll be looking forward to today's game. I, I do think they'll win the game. I do fancy them. I think they've got a good, solid look about them. And I think in a game like today, I think they might just win it by the odd goal. Mark Greedy, here is the stat that you never knew you needed to know And if you're struggling to sleep tonight Remind yourself of this and it might just tip you over the edge It's thanks to producer Callum Who's the resident Dundee United fan He tells us Listen, this is big I'm giving it the big build up here This is the first time That both Dundee teams are kicking off At the same time at home Since the 1979 League Cup There you are, Mark Greedy ah. That's not bad, is it? That is a good uh, start yeah. Funny, I was thinking that driving up the, up the road Good goodness, Dundee at home as well I was thinking I wonder when the last time That was the case So there you go there you 1979 go. You, can, you can sleep soundly tonight Dundee United won Dundee United went on to win The cup I think Is that right Yeah he's giving me the nods yep. Sir Alex Ferguson's Aberdeen then. Right we're now going, We're going down a rabbit hole here um, But on a serious note In terms of today's game uh, Mark Guidi The obvious reason for that stat Is that there are no fans And don't need to worry about The logistics of it all Last week I saw it said About Dundee United That they had Shoehorned Their strikers all in Because Mark McNulty arrived And Lauren Shanklin played And, and Nicky Clark played And all three of them played And it just didn't Really come off for them I think if I'm remembering Your team lines Properly There's no Mark McNulty today So I wonder how uh, How different that will be Yeah well just uh, Funny you mentioned that uh, Gordon just watching The, the warm up I was at the St Johnson The United game last week And the three of them Never get a sniff It just never worked when the Dundee United were most in the back foot anyway but they get absolutely no service at all and you consider they're two Scotland strikers it was a bit strange but today just watching the, the warm up there it looks like they're going to be a two Clark and uh, Shankler were working together there on, on, on some drills with the, the United coaching staff in the round the six yard box and the, and the, the penalty area there so I expect to work as a two Pollock will obviously uh, bearing around them too and uh, look Bolton's got a nice uh, turn of pace and then you've got the and behind you've got, you've got Ian Hartz and Callum Butcher just sitting uh, protecting the, the defence but certainly Dundee United without uh, a goal in the last couple of games and they've had Benji uh, Segrist uh, to, to, to thank for the two points that they've picked up 0-0 at home to Aberdeen and 0-0 away to St Johnson so certainly an improvement required from Dundee United today uh, and given the batting that Ross County were on the receiving end of last week you would expect the United to win this game Yeah they're not having a great time Ross County Mark They got a couple of wins early on Which maybe surprised people And it's, it's given them a, a good platform So that they're not at the bottom of the table Or anything like that But I think they've scored one goal In the last seven league games Ross County So they're actually having a yeah. Bit of a tough time at the moment Yeah they are And again you know, Stuart Kettle I like you know, Ross Stewart Attracting a, a attention That may well be sold In, in January A couple of teams down south uh, Sniffing about him uh, You've got Billy Mackay, who's who's always good for a goal. But again, it's about these guys 
um, getting service and it's up to Ross County um, to do that but yeah that is quite a stat that you mentioned there um, Gordon and uh, the fact that they've got 12 points on the board is good going but they could very quickly as we know you could throw a blanket really over the the eight teams out with the top four and uh, I think Ross County will be there or thereabouts at, at the end of the season when the, the bottom two or three places have been decided I must admit Roger Hanna on a day like this when the conditions are difficult to say the least Capelo would be one of those venues that would worry me uh, more than most are you surviving? Yeah just about I'm looking at just out I think the rain has actually just restarted again Gordon there is what you might describe as a bracing breeze coming across the pitch so it'll be interesting to see whether or not it actually affects the quality of football and show but I'm looking forward to it I saw Morton just before lockdown I think they beat Queen of the South down in the and David Hopkins had them going really well and they were one of the form teams at that stage he hasn't really turned around the squad at all he's going more or less the same people I think he's, you know, he's lost Danny Rogers in the summer of the goalkeeper who went back to Aberdeen and then on to Kelly and he's brought in young Aidan Adams. Other than that, not too many changes at all. Clearly happy with the way the team had been playing. There are a few changes here, probably more than I would have expected given that Mark Kerr had taken them into the promotion playoff places just before lockdown. But he's added, for me, quite a bit of quality. Starting at the top end with Bruce Anderson. You know, Bruce Anderson was in and about that Aberdeen first team at the start of the season. He's now up front for air. In behind him, Cammy Smith, who you know, for me, he's always been a decent player at Dundee United, at Aberdeen, at St Mirren, wherever. So, there is attacking quality attacking threat there from here and at the other end they've signed a young man 19 years of age by the name of Ojami Sinisalo um, he was behind Pepe Reina and Tom Heaton at Aston Villa last season training with the first team um, recommended up the road by John McGinn who I believe has been keeping in touch with the young man while he's staying in his own enough club flat in Troon uh, finish youth camp finish under 21 camp and I'm told to expect to hear a lot more of this young gentleman and it's not often, Roger, we would talk about players who are, who are not playing ahead of the ones that are, but I just wonder, because this is a nice opportunity with you being at the Morton game to shine a light on some of the, the smaller stories in Scottish football that don't get the attention. Robbie Muirhead sent off for Morton last week, so he's not involved today. Have you have you seen that sending off by any chance? Um, I haven't actually seen it. Someone was telling yeah, me about I'll, I'll it. I'll paint, the, I'll paint um, the picture for a, you. A, moment, a momentary loss of whatever. So he's at Dens Park last week, Alex Ray. Okay, imagine the scene. <laughs> um, and he's having a bit of a, a mild disagreement with referee Gavin Ross, right? So eventually, the yellow card gets shown to Robbie Muirhead. Yellow card shown. I think it's a throw in or a free kick. So play's about to continue. And he gives it the sarcastic clap oh no. Right into the referee's face the, the yellow card comes out again Straight away Sent off <laughs> Up the tunnel What's you go And you can't like? even get the early bath these days can you? Because no. you need to no, go up to your stinking gear So, but, uh, Listen uh, Unfortunately he's been caught out there Because you can't do that Directly after a yellow card <laughs> 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 His reaction was brilliant When he gets sent off Head down Just walked <laughs> just <Right. laughs> No dispute about it He'd already done his arguing Straight off the pitch Anyway In the immortal words of Captain Mannering Stupid boy <laughs> That was Roger Hanna Looking at our featured Championship game today Morton against Air United Livy Mullerwell And Dundee United Ross County In the Premiership We've got Hearts Hibs In the Scottish Cup We've got another semi-final tomorrow and a big game in Ayrshire in the Premiership on Sunday as well. So it's all happening. We'll get the three o'clock games up and running next. The fastest goals. The expert opinions. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Full time capital. Let's hear the story of that one from Roger Hanna. 
full time Morton 3 Air United 2 the most amazing turnaround of the season three goals in the last seven minutes for David Hopkins Morton they look dead and buried with their cruising at 2-0 but Lewis Strapp got a winner after a first half own goal he headed past Jamie Sinisalo while his head was bandaged after he just received treatment for a bad knock in front of the dugout sub Gary Oliver and Cammy Blues also won target for Morton Air had looked an easy street Strapp's own goal in the first half put them ahead but Aaron Muirhead's red card a straight red card seven minutes into the second half for a foul on Josh McPake looked as if it could be a turning point even at that air still looked as a comfortable team and Cammy Smith made it 2-0 near the end after good work by Lewis Luke McCowan but then Ayr, who had also hit the woodwork through Bruce Anderson in the first half, simply collapsed. It was 2-1 after 83 minutes. Oliver rounding goalkeeper Sini Salo after an initial shot had been blocked on the six-yard line. Then two minutes later, it was 2-2. The loose ball in the box falling invitingly for midfielder Blues. It fell perfectly and he cracked it into the bottom corner. Ayr was still reeling from that when two minutes from time. Strap made it 3-2, a long diagonal from the veteran's centre-half. Brian McLean, it flew over the air back four and Strap up from left wing back a flat flying header, it went past Sinny Salo and somehow just crept in at the far post, David Hopkins would never have thought he was going to get a point with just 10 minutes to go, and to finish up he's got all three, Morton three, Air United two. It's also finished in Livingston Livy against Motherwell, how did that one go Fraser Wishart? Livingston nil, Motherwell two, a game ruined by a strong win but a comfortable and deserved victory for Motherwell as Livingston's poor form at home continues, two first half goals for Motherwell won the points they were ahead at half time deservedly with a win behind them they took the lead in the 22nd minute Devante Cole with a lovely ball through to Callum Lang one on one of the goalkeeper he delayed looked like he lost his chance but it wasn't he coolly slipped the ball low past Dreyek into the corner of the net nearly two a couple of minutes later Nathan McGinley on the overlap has cross caught the wind and Strike with an excellent save full stretch to tip the ball onto the top of the net but it was 2-0 on the stroke of half time Guthrie fell poor on the edge of the box Marco Harris stepped up hit it low and hard but it was straight at Strike who should have saved it he fumbled it and Tony Watt was first to the rebound for a tap and a real struggle for Livy shooting into the win no real chances and it'll be a different test for Motherwell in the second half but there was few chances and few play of quality at all for either side as the wind got stronger as expected Livy had some pressure long throws from either side from Kieran Brown into the six yard box a few decent crosses but Motherwell back four defending well with O'Hara and Gallagher on top for Motherwell just happy to soak the pressure up and try and hit on the break Gary Holt ran the changes Forrest loss and Tiffany on Tifty then flicked a header from a loss and cross just wide but there were very few chances at either end there was a scramble from another Brown long Brown sorry long throw in from Brown Chapman flapped at the bonds the ball dropped it was scrambled away then Tiffany had a shot deflected wide as Guthrie header was clutched by Chapman but it was Tony Watt who almost settled it in stoppage time with the best chance of the half he broke away on the left hand side cut inside Nicky Devlin and a great shot was tipped away by Stryak Stephen Robson absolutely delighted a really strong professional performance he's back four outs standing and three points against a team who have been difficult for Motherwell to beat in recent games. Full time at Tony Macaroni Stadium, Livingston nil, Motherwell 2. And it's finished at Tannadice, Mark Guidi. Full time at Dundee United 2, Ross County 1 and a precious three points for Mickey Mellon's team that takes him up into fifth position in the league above Kelly on 16 points. They took the lead 
in the 18th minute that was a penalty kick Ian Vigers, the Ross County captain appeared to have been two minds should he clear it, should he not he ended up doing neither and almost could have picked the ball up just as it wrestled in at his hip referee Stephen Kitlin had no hesitation in pointing to the spot a clearer penalty as you'll see all season Nicky Clark stepped up and coolly with his right foot he slotted it past it Ross Doohan Dundee United should have been more comfortable going into the break Peter Pollock missed a sitter eight yards out after some lovely build-up play but he put it past the goalkeeper's right-hand post. After the break, United made it 2-0 in the 53rd minute. A bit of a stramash inside the box. Ross County couldn't get a corner kick there. And it looked as though Mark Reynolds got the last touch of close-range shot in the 53rd minute to put United on easy street or so they thought. It was a panicky last nine minutes. Uh, Ross County substitute Ollie Shaw scored again. A lovely ball from Ross Stewart. Put the substitute through and he slid the ball um, under Seagrest from 14 yards out for just Ross County's. It's only their second goal in the last eight league games. They put a bit of pressure on in the final few minutes but nothing that really troubled Seagrest too greatly here at Tanadice in real blustery conditions. A good one for Mickey Mellon's team and a deserved one full time at Tanadice Dundee United 2 Ross County 1 Well interesting day of football and still plenty more to come television pictures from Hamden shows that it looks brutal the wind the rain howling around an empty national stadium going to be a real difficult one for the players of Hearts and Hibs but the first of our Scottish Cup finals is up next hot uh, semi-finals I should say hot on the heels of the Premiership action today we've got a big game in the league tomorrow and of course the second semi-final comes tomorrow as well so it's now up to you the floor is yours what is on your mind 0141 951 1025 what did you make of the football today Mullerwell fans how big a win was that for you uh, Hearts and Hibs fans if you want to talk to us well the game's on we'll do that I'd imagine lots of attention on that Celtic Aberdeen semi-final tomorrow Celtic fans are you now are you back are you in a good place after the performance against Lille who should play tomorrow the likes of Odson Edward, does he come in? Do you stick with Scott Bain? Does Barkas come in? So many questions. And Rangers fans, you're off to your bogey ground. How do you see that one going? 0141-951-1025. We'll speak to you next. After the action, it's your reaction. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson and Alex Ray are here What a Saturday night we've got in store for you Because we've got a Scottish Cup semi-final kicking off Between Hearts and Hibs in the rain at Hamden We've got a look back on some big games in the Premiership this afternoon Particularly in this part of the world Motherwell winning at Livingston And two huge games tomorrow in different competitions Hugh Keevans, we've mm. got Kilmarnock against Rangers A bit of a bogey game for Rangers in previous seasons And of course Celtic against Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup semi-final number two 01419511025 Let's hear from you Loads to get through So what's on your mind? Well Rangers go to their bogey team Kilmarnock uh, Having played 17 matches in all competitions this season And lost goals in only three of those 17 matches So defensively they are solid as a rock In the league They have 13 Different goal scorers From their first 12 games 13 different goal scorers So They've got everything Running in their favour As they go to Kilmarnock And they Have the major incentive Of Going 9 points ahead of Celtic If they win the game So that's the target for them Celtic They lost 3 to Aberdeen Last weekend However They go into this match Knowing that If they win It's 35 cup wins in a row Quite sensational 
And they would then go into the final One game away From a potential quadruple treble And they did score two goals Against uh, Lille midweek In the Europa League And looked a much more assured And livelier side For part of the game Can they cut out What Neil Lennon describes As fragility in defence Two games One in Ayrshire One in Glasgow Both fascinating Let's get a score prediction From you lot Before this game Explodes into life It's been a frantic start It's only 90 seconds old And it's been So frantic That's the (laughs) That's the third foul In 90 seconds We've had misplaced passes It's all very Very quick and frantic Hugh Keevans Give us it Hearts 1 Hibs 3 Okay I'll go for 2-0 Hibs I'll go 2-1 Hibs But see when you're talking about that frantic start The boy Boyce has absolutely smashed Portis within 25 seconds I thought Oh what a start to the game no card No no no, no okay. Just a, a little bit late Right 01419511025 What's on your mind What did you make of today's football I'm looking at you Motherwell fans Is that You really up and running In the season now That's a, a real good run of form You've got Four Tony Watt Tony Watt scoring goals How are you feeling about the season What about This afternoon Or this evening I should say Hearts and Hibs And then tomorrow Rangers fans Does Rugby Park Still fill you with With dread Or with nervousness or is the team in such a good place that you think you've overcome that? Let us know. Celtic fans, what changes would you make to the team tomorrow? Because you've got guys like Edward coming back and, and should it be Barkas or Bain? How confident are you feeling? Has the performance against Lille done enough to make you feel like you, you've turned a bit of a corner after a sticky spell? 01419511025 I'll just remind you of some full-time scores from today. In the Scottish Premiership it finished Dundee United 2, Ross County 1 Livingston 0, Motherwell 2 In the Championship Dundee 1, Wraith Rovers 1 Dunfermline 3, Queen of the South 2 Inverness 3, Arbroath 1 And Morton 3, Air United 2 In Scottish League 1 Airdrie 0, Dumbarton 2 Clyde 0, Peterhead 2 Cove Rangers 1, Partick Thistle 0 Falkirk 2, East Fife 0 and 4 for 2 Montrose 3 In Scottish League 2 Albion Rovers 0 Brecon City 2 Cowdenbeath 1 Stenhouse Muir 1 Edinburgh City 1 Elgin City 0 Stirling Albion 1 Annan Athletic 0 And Stranraer 0 Queen's Park 1 In the English Premier League Only a couple of games Sheffield United 0 Man City 1 And Burnley 0 Chelsea 3 0141 951 1025 Let's get stuck in with James in Kings Park How's it going James? Uh, not bad, Gordon, you well? Yeah, not bad at all uh, You're a Rangers fan, James Let me put that question back to you Kilmarnock tomorrow Is is that still the type of fixture that gets you nervous Or, or are Rangers better than that now? Well, that was the reason I was calling I just heard you saying about it being a bogey ground And for me, I think you're right But um, my point really was I think if we can get a result at Rugby Park tomorrow Convincing or not I think if we can, even if it's a boring 1-0 um, You know, I would take it just now But I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts in terms of if Rangers can go and get a result, for me, that would be us turning a corner in terms of, you know, the last few years. Obviously, after Christmas, we've sort of fell away. But I think to go and get a result tomorrow would put us in a better place, you know, and talk about the mentality and being humble and all that sort of stuff. But for me, if we can just go and get a result tomorrow, make it nine points, obviously Celtic with the games in hand, but... um, I would rather the points yep. on the board than having to be chasing it as we have been previously. But I think right, just to get your guys' thoughts, how would that go? Yeah, you're right, James. I think it's important to try and kind of stamp your authority. It also gets you nine 
points ahead of Celtic All being they have two games in hand And it would just change the, the narrative Because they have stuttered down at Rugby Park They have to contend with that pitch uh, and uh, Like everyone else And they have to overcome that And I was just thinking what kind of team Rangers have actually changed Five players in each of the last two games So it's a, they have to go real heavy Big guns tomorrow Physically strong And go and match them first and foremost And then impose yourself What do you mean by that though? Because this And this is meant to be a compliment to Rangers Give or take The, the odd one Tavernier Barris What does big guns mean for Rangers really? Yes. Because every time they make changes Never seems to make any difference Yeah I think you At the can, moment I think you can afford to Kind of mix it up a little bit And give some of your fringer players Particularly Ibrox Gordon Because you have so much of the ball I think tomorrow you have to use All your, your heavyweights But, but, but that, that's what I mean Who are they then? Who, will, who, do uh, Rangers have guaranteed Yeah well the, the, Tomorrow uh, the I think Ryan Jack Will come back into the mix I think he comes into the well, You're going to need to get a result down there I think the midfield will be uh, Aribo, uh, sorry, Arfield, Kamara and Jack I think up front I think Joe Aribo Because of that physical strength In that win I think you're going for power there I think Morelos comes back mm. Into the team And obviously Kent will come so off Did the you have Arfield side. in that team? So I, my midfield was Arfield yeah. Jack and Kamara So no Davis though. I mean in some people's mind Davis would count as, as a I, heavy hitter No I know not? And I just think But tomorrow I think it's going to be a game That's going to be scrapped I think you're going to have to Roll up your sleeves And I, and I take on board How important Stephen Davis is This is just the way I would yeah. go with it But you know Stephen Davis has mm-hmm. been Absolutely top draw Now that's the thing I, I, That's not me disagreeing With who will play I, I don't really, even really have thoughts on it But I ju- it was a compliment To Rangers yeah. I feel like there's there's a depth there That you don't have These stands out I mean you don't have Yanis Hadji in the team Who I suppose Had a difficult performance The other night at times yep. But is has got the top Assists in the league And Stephen Gerrard Spoken about him In glowing terms as well Yeah and, and so The thing is I think when you use Hadji You've got a nice surface At Ibrox You know you've got Most of the ball You can pick up Really good pockets I think tomorrow is going to be up and arm. It's going to be rolling up the sleeves, and you've seen this time after time where you know uh, when it, when the tough gets uh, the going gets tough down there, it becomes a real battle. And I don't think Hadji's that type of player for me. Yeah, James, what are your own thoughts on that in terms of who who might come in or, or who stays in? No, I, I agree with Alec. I don't think I don't think it's a a, a game for Hadji. Um, he's more of a I don't know if it's more of a flair player or. But I think, like Alex said, he's better on Ibrox. He's got the surface, you know, um, probably a bigger park. Um, and he'd probably get a bit more time. Whereas I think Kamala's going to be very much in the face of the kickoff uh, and making it uh, that bit more of a battle. Pivotal day for Rangers. Um, Stephen Gerrard must know the importance of getting the three points, going nine points ahead of Celtic and testing Celtic then. Because as Mark Wilson said, You'd rather have the points than uh, games in hand. So he knows it's a pivotal day. And he also knows this. In the two seasons he's been Rangers manager, Celtic have won the league and Rangers have fallen away. If they fall away again this season and Celtic win the league and 10 in a row, Stephen Gerrard won't be the Rangers manager next season. It's another one, I think, for Rangers to tick off the list. I think Stephen Gerrard does, it's no doubt he's learning. Uh, on the job You know for the past couple of years And he's he's putting his mistakes right You know in Europe He's got it pretty spot on But domestically You know it was the same hurdles He was falling at You know against Celtic But he's put that right Kilmarnock I think falls under That bracket that Or falls into the bracket That has been a struggle for Rangers Even when they did win It was the Goldson Header at the Right at the death If they can go there And win And play well Win convincingly Then it shows you This Rangers team 
or, or put that or, resolve. That's exactly uh, what you're yeah. looking for, Mark. You actually have to try and get the, the result regardless. And, and, and we, we speak about this time after time. When you're going down there, particularly with the weather it's going to be tomorrow, windy and that, you have got to roll up your sleeves first and foremost. I take the simplistic view. Rangers are very, very strong defensively. They don't lose goals. And mm. the 13 different goal scorers in 12 league games, they know how to score at the other end. Yeah, but I mean, look at even some of the the, the rampant Celtic teams in recent seasons who've done all those things and, and maybe even more and have stumbled at, at Kilmarnock. You know, it doesn't always yeah, go that way. I, I just think that uh, understanding the importance of going nine points ahead of Celtic and testing Celtic's resolve, uh, Rangers, if they fail to get all three points at Kilmarnock tomorrow, I think the Rangers supporters would see it as a, a, an ominous sign and the Celtic supporters would, to a man, woman and child, say, here they go again. I don't think we're really too concerning ourselves with psychological advantages and, and, and where the tables are and you know, what we can do. We're, we're just taking each game as it comes. There's, there's three points available. We want the three points. We're hungry for the three points. Um, I think it'd be different if you could have the opportunity to go there and be nine points clear with no games in hand. You know, you're talking about uh, uh, Celtic here in this instance, who are a good team who are capable of going on big runs. We're still in October. It's very early days for us to be getting carried away or getting ahead of ourselves. Um, we started the season very well. We're happy where we are. Um, the focus is very much on us and what we can do. And we take these games as it comes. Thank you very much, James and Kings Park. It was nice to speak to you. Hopefully we will do that again soon. Ten minutes gone. Hearts, Hibs at Hamden. How would you sum it up so far, Mark? Very stretched the game um, I mean it, from one side to the other But um, lots of gaps there And uh, I think It's a dangerous game Hearts are playing You know with, with the pace uh, and, and clever players Hibs have got They will eventually pick you off If it remains that, that wide open So I think it's very open Quite entertaining um, But you know Both teams not holding back There's already been about, what, about 10 fouls in the game already You know and each each set of players really understanding that this is a derby. It's not just a running the mill mm. semi final. I mean, territorially, Hibs look like the, the the dominant side. Alex, they look like the favourites. But having said that, um, did I say Hearts there? I meant Hibs yeah, anyway. Hibs, yeah. um, Hearts have got up the pitch a couple of times, and in terms of of kind of sights at goal and, and shots on goal, I think Hearts have probably yeah. edged it so far. Yeah, absolutely. They had a couple of chances flashed across the face. Nothing came of it, Gordon. But I, I just remonstrated to uh, to Mark there. When the Hearts are actually attacking, the back line needs to push up to the halfway line on because they are 20 yards deep hmm. from their own, uh, the halfway line, which for me, when you run that risk going 1-3-1s with Nisbet and that, oh, hmm. trouble. And, and just a really small point, just because I've watched so many games of football at, at Hamden over the years, how weird is it to see the camera on the opposite side? I like it. I so quite like if, it. If, if, you, if you're listening to this and you're not watching it on TV, the camera is now staring at the tunnel. Rather than the opposite way Every game or The vast majority of games You see at hand And the camera is on the same side As the tunnel And you can see the far side But for um, A few different reasons They've flipped it around It's different Mark well, it looks, I think it looks better Yeah You know what, why what's, what's show, better about Because it? it's showcasing Your best stand <laughs> You know It might sound silly That is the best stand It's quite modern uh, well, It's all modern It's all the same Yeah but you, you flip it around It's the same effect Mark. Didn't have the same effect I, I quite like this angle It's not the best debate We've ever had on the show I'll give you that It's just not the most important <laughs> You're not having it are you? I must you like it? I really don't care that much It's fine Yeah But it's just different It's different Hugh I yeah. think we'll, set, we'll leave it at that Will we? I'm with Mark Wilson on this one I like it There we go uh, that's, the, that's the important thing Goalless though 
um, the, the big scoreline tag is still up in the top left of the screen If you're watching it on TV And it's still Hearts nil, Hibs nil over the head of Doig on that one um, Alex, how do you see it so far? Yeah, I think it's very much Ichi Pichi uh, Hibs have a little bit better control um, But, you know, they're trying to play the ball through boys Get runners on uh, either side of him for Hearts so as I said It's quite evenly poised At the moment But not really any great uh, Goal mouth action No You touched on it earlier uh, It would be brilliant To see that You know A full stadium In a, a derby like this at, You know At semi-final stage I mean a couple of the tackles In the first minute Would have got oh. the crowd Absolutely roaring Here's you know? one then Would they have resulted In a booking If if they had Maybe. been If yeah. they had been met By a big roar From the stands Probably, Possibly Yeah, yeah. Yeah I think you're absolutely right I think it's one of yeah. Just a personal thing And I, people can Completely disagree Because I, I just feel like It's one of the things I've taken away from From football this season I don't feel like Players react Anywhere near The same way That they usually do And I can't really measure that And I, you know I, I can't prove it as such But there have just been a few Examples where I've thought If that had been a full stadium That player would have yeah, yeah. Gone, agree, gone mental it's being on the, the receiving end. It's not the players' reaction; it's the it's crowd's fans. reaction. Yeah, yeah but that's it, what I mean. It all feeds into it, though. Yeah, but that uh, for me and down through the years, I've, I've watched it happen. Referees react to the crowd. Ooh, big noise! I better book him. Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking at the boy Roberts. He started uh, quite brightly on the left hand side for Hearts. He's bought his team a couple of free kicks. Oh, the flags up! That looked like a good opening for Hearts because it had been. Yeah, Halk- struck into the back post Halkett was just looking to knock it down You could see exactly what they were trying uh, And they did have men in the middle Yeah, good decision And it looks like he is offside yeah, Yes, sure. he is Good decision uh, By the assistant Let's bring in Andy Who's a Rangers fan on the line How are you feeling at the moment, Andy? Hi, how you doing guys? Brilliant, hi Doing really well, hi I'm just going to say just, I don't think we'll get any worries tomorrow really. See the way we are playing I, I said it a couple of weeks ago I can't see anybody beating us in a the, the squad and the team I've got, you know, I've heard the boys saying about uh, Jack Morales, but are they no, are they no kind of doubtful in there? I'm not too sure. I'm, play, I'm definitely playing Morales we spit, but I just read something yesterday to them get me cut of knocks, and I'm not too sure they're going to be playing. But this is a challenge for us to put, you know, get, get the nine points. And I think tomorrow we should be really going for it. You no, know, last week's game, we went 2-0 up. We did two to three half the gas. It was starting to get a bit boring, but see, tomorrow, just go, just... Put a, a right marker down the morrow, take three or four up command, which we can do if we play the way we've been playing. Huge chance for Hibbs. It goes to McGuinness at the back post, and it's a great block from Smith. From Smith, um, maybe he doesn't know a lot about it. I, I don't really know, um, but no, he stands his ground, sticks out a left leg. So uh, it was actually great play well by, by Dodge and Nisbet. A little giving go, ball found yep. its way to McGuinness. Uh, just on on Andy's point, though, Hugh, he doesn't think anyone can. Can beat Rangers at the moment Really wants to see them go for it If you're talking about momentum Then of course The momentum lies with Rangers uh, Kilmarnock haven't built up Any momentum of their own yet This season Partly because of Covid-19 related problems They've actually been alright though You know It's not like they're having a, a bad time of it either No But If you had to Put money on it tomorrow My money would be on Rangers Beating Kilmarnock uh, Alex what do you make of of Andy's assessment about being, you know, being so confident that you know don't take the foot off the gas, go for it. But I feel like that's something that's typified Rangers this season. Is it's not about taking the foot off the gas as much as just sheer control over, yeah, over a ninety minute, 
you know, yeah, period. They're playing with a lot of confidence, Gordon, and uh, I think that stems from the the clean sheets. And uh, you know, they've got goals within their ranks as well, as, as Hugh mentioned. I think it's thirteen or fourteen different scorers, which 13, oh, 13 but it actually kind of bodes well. And uh, so I do, I just think you know because they're controlling games and things, but you can't take it lightly down there. It's always difficult. They are a threat from set plays as well. Broadfoot and Finlay attacking the ball very well. You've got wee Chris Burke can do anything with a bit of magic. Kilty coming off the left hand side. And they have been a thorn in Rangers' side, so they cannot take them lightly. That's that's a given. Andy, you're right. Stephen Gerrard said in his press conference yesterday, Alfredo took a kick. He said Ryan Jack was in a similar boat, so they would take a look, um, but nothing too serious, hopefully. Um, so on the assumption that he's fit, let's just go for it for the purposes of the conversation. Does the header midweek, is that part of your argument? To, to, are you bringing Morelos back in? Is that him back in? Right, well, I would, I would have a strike on during the week as well. I would, I would have said I started him for the game during the week as well because I know he's been playing, everybody knows he's going a wee bit deeper and wider, but just to get his confidence, and that goal will have done him his confidence. So, no, I would definitely, if he's, if he's fit, I would definitely start him tomorrow. I really would. Any doubt about that for you, Alex? Because the full. Scored that wonderful goal at Ibrox last week He then is not in the Europa League squad So yeah. he was never going to start the other night Roof did Morelos comes on For me it's uh, Morelos Gordon uh, I just feel as if he's more Great up to speed Great record against Kilmarnock yeah, as well yeah, I, think. I remember he scored about 7 or 8 Was it 8 or 9 goals? Uh, one season he had a terrific uh, spell uh, Where he scored regular um, You know I, I, when, you, when you think about Morelos playing this The amount of times that I've actually seen Him and Broadfoot coming together And, and, and he has to keep his he can emotions in check Because you can guarantee that Broadfoot will be Most certainly trying to lay one on him Trying to suck him in tomorrow uh, But for me Morelos does lead the line tomorrow um, Bit of a an injury scare for Hearts You would say Jamie Walker tried to close down Marciano Slid in and ended up hurting himself I think He didn't didn't leave too much on And now Hearts oh, Here they go They're two on two His boy's going to pull the trigger He just dallies on it um, And oh, down oh. he goes I have um, to be honest with you Gordon See if he gets his head up there And actually slots in Robertson He's in a brilliant area But just on the Roberts, left hand yeah. Robertson on the left hand side Yeah he just took the shoot back uh, The foot back to shoot Gogic nips in I think that's a free kick Absolutely Gogic doesn't actually Touch the ball there does he No and then there's a pass back I think it's by Porteous Resulting in a a Corner kick for Hearts A wee bit rocky spell For Hibs there Alright thank you very much Andy In Finnis and Celtic fans How are you feeling about tomorrow What has the Lille game done For your confidence Who should play Pick your team It's a massive game tomorrow Who do you want to see in Who should be left out We'll hear from Neil Lennon And hopefully you next the games are over. The talking begins. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson, and Alex Ray are in the studio. 22 gone. We've reached the midway point of the first half at Hamden, and it's still Hearts nil, Hibs nil. Alex, it, it's, it's brutal in many ways. Yes. There have been a few accidental clashes as well. Jamie Walker just fell on Paul Hanlon's head. <laughs> no blame attached whatsoever, but. Um, it's not for the faint of heart No and I just say to, to Mark there That uh, his, his full body weight Has landed on Hanlon's head Going up uh, in sure. an aerial challenge But you have to say I just say to Mark When it's a semi-final Unless you're getting stretched your daft You're getting up and playing <laughs> on that derby I'm enjoying it It's intense stuff yeah, I, it's feel, I, feel, I feel as if hearts are actually Starting to get a wee bit of momentum here What do you think? Yeah I'm thoroughly enjoying it uh, Hearts giving as good as they get And uh, well done both sets of players Because some of the accidental clashes Have been Physically challenging But no 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 As you said They're not going off They want to fight For their club in a semi-final 
Got to say, with Hibs, the way they're playing, especially at the back, I mean, they're taking a few chances. Even there, they're trying to fish a ball through the midfield. It's cut out. I, I just seen their goalkeeper a couple of minutes ago try to chip one over somebody's head. So they're, they're being a bit risky in the back line, and Hibs almost, almost break through there. I, I tell you what, by the way, as we see the replay here, it's a lovely ball from Hanlon through. I, I think he could be onside there. Yeah. It's very marginal. Anyway, his touch was poor, but it was a lovely uh, through ball to... Uh, Boyle Boyle, yeah. yeah. Boyle You're not catching him if he gets going. No, no, no. absolutely. Uh, we've taken a couple of calls from Rangers fans ahead of that game against Kilmarnock. Celtic fans, let's hear from you. What did you make of the Lille performance? Is that enough to make you uh, feel a bit more confident going into the game tomorrow? What about the team? There's always so much debate about you know selections at the moment. Odson Edwards now available. He came on the other night. Do you start him? Yes or no? Do you start Barkas or Bain? Does Cham keep his place? Shane Duffy, I'd imagine, would stay in because of lack of of options but yeah. he's been getting a bit of criticism so give us all your thoughts on that game tomorrow Mark Wilson it's massive whatever way you look at it well huge um, and particularly because well it's the semi-final of course and Celtic looking to keep up their, their good form in these competitions but especially when you, you see the week that went by last week you know losing to Rangers then the AC Milan game came then the Aberdeen game came and it's been a tough tough week for Neil Lennon and Celtic and it looked a lot brighter on Thursday night. So Neil will be looking to take that kind of form into the game in, uh, tomorrow. But like, it's not going to be easy. Aberdeen showed that they were you know, a match for Celtic. Derek McInnes obviously worked in that shape against a Celtic side that was going to line up a 4-2-3-1. And he got success through it. So that'll be interesting to see if Neil does stick with that 4-2-3-1. If Aberdeen, Derek McInnes stick to the... the Wing backs yep. had Johnny Hayes And who was it had started uh, McCrory, well, McCrory started, started Right wing back yep. I don't think he'll start there. I think McCrory will go into the middle now Mark I thought it was brilliant last yeah. Sunday So there's, there's You know it's a fascinating fixture But a, a hugely important one for Celtic season a Quick fire then um, Bain or Barkas Bain Bain yeah. for me yeah. Regardless of fitness if, if Barkas is fit I think Bain still I, I think Barkas falls a wee bit Into what people are saying About Shane Duffy You know it, There's no doubt he's a good player I think he could just do A wee rest just now Edward yes or no Yes Instead of a Yeti Alongside yes. a Yeti I, I think if Edward comes on for What did he get the other night Probably about half an hour 35, 35 minutes, minutes yeah. Something like that Then it puts him in a good place to start And I think he's still your number one striker Even if he's off the boil It's a big game Semi-final I think you've got to play him Alright let us know What you think Celtic fans Do you disagree Mark Wilson's got Odson Edwards Starting the game Do you agree Would you go along with that You want to do something different Bain or Barkas Who starts in there And overall The bigger picture How confident are you What a cup run It's been When you look back Over the last few seasons uh, It's been quite something Will it continue tomorrow Let us know right now 01419511025 Here's what the manager thinks It's a priority Because It's a competition That we can win And you know, you don't want this run of trophies to end. So I think they've earned the right. They've worked hard to get into that position to be in a semi-final again. So they've got a fantastic cup record over the last four or five years. And I'm sure they'll be desperate to, you know, try and maintain that. Semi-finals are normally tense occasions, Aberdeen, good side. So we're looking forward to it. But it's obviously a game that we want to win. We want to win all the competitions that we're in. Yeah, Hugh, we, we know what's at stake. We know it's played out in strange circumstances. It's not often we get last season's Scottish Cup semi-finals oh. um, on the 1st of November. Um, but but for Celtic, they know fine well closing in on yet another domestic trophy. You go back to last Sunday, Celtic were guilty of clumsy defending. 
careless defending It resulted in two penalty kicks Justifiably being awarded against him And Shane Duffy had another moment Where uh, he contributed to uh, a goal scored by Aberdeen So those mistakes have to be eliminated The fragility that Neil Lennon always speaks of Has to be eliminated um, It's not good enough that you have to score Three or four goals to make up for the three lost at the back uh, so that has to be Celtic's priority tomorrow But going forward They do have the players Who can inflict damage But Derek McInnes and his players Will feel on that big pitch Good legs in the team They'll feel they have the same chance That they had last Sunday So it's one to savour tomorrow I mean Neil Lennon said Mark There was a fragility That's not that's not us That's not people saying Oh Celtic aren't in, in a good place Neil Lennon said there was a fragility Was were there enough performances from the game on Thursday night to shore up some of that fragility? Um, they certainly looked stronger and, and more confident in the first half. I think the the problem for Celtic just now is when Ayer went off, it seemed the the fragility seemed to to seep back in, and they seemed pretty open. And I think Derek McInnes will see that as a plus point. I think Ayer has been playing well of recent weeks, and with him out the side, it takes a wee bit of that physical element out of Celtic. And we know the way. You know Aberdeen can go They can go physical If they're bringing Cosgrove back in the side So it'll be something that Celtic You know Would probably have their concerns over um, But what a Oh What when they... a save From Craig Gordon I thought that was a certain opener for Hibs It was a cross A low header Got a lot on it And Craig Gordon Reflex saves have always been Absolutely His strength They're certainly one of them and it was that man Kevin Nisbet He's banging for Martin Boyle You don't need to give him A second invitation Nisbet does a lot right Great ref- great reaction Absolutely safe. Gordon It's down to his left hand side When you consider the size Of Craig Gordon About 6'4 He's to get down there With a strong arm Just push it round the post uh, A lovely ball by Boyle To find Nisbet in the box Unbelievable the best Unbelievable so stop yeah. I, I, I think you're right Gordon Nisbet doesn't do much wrong It's a brilliant ball for Boyle Right round the face Of the, the, the defenders And you know, Craig Gordon has made a career from that sort of stuff. Going one way, has to move his body weight the other way and gets his left hand out. Terrific. Yeah, that reinforces what you said, Hugh, about, you know, why yeah, is yeah. not a Celtic? It, it, it was a mistake to let him go. I firmly believe that a mistake to let although, him go. Although, to be fair, that, that's not to say that that conclusion is wrong. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, etc. But let's not base it on sort of odd saves because he made mistakes at Celtic no, as well not, in, the, not, in the latter part of course Q, uh, they, they let him go or, or let him leave because I think Celtic were firmly confident that Fraser Foster was going to be there and I think it was a big shock well, to everybody when he, he left in that case they made an error of judgement then. Uh, let's hear from Derek McInnes ahead of that game tomorrow Celtic fans what do you think? I think we've got to try and focus on ourselves you know, the importance of the game you know, the strength of the, the opponent Um and we feel that we are a team who have started the season well. Enough encouragement to suggest that we can have a good campaign. And Sunday brings us an opportunity to showcase that, really. Obviously, it's last year's competition. I think we have earned the right to be here. Now that we are here, it's important we make the most of it. I do feel, well, we were improving last year um, when the season was curtailed. There's no doubt we're in a better place. Um, both in terms of squad in terms of level of performance uh, going into this game which is clearly despite previous games is the most important one 01419511025 that is the number you need to get in touch with the guys tonight it is still goalless in the semi-final at Hamden um, 
John wants to see Griffiths and Edward start uh, Then he says A Yeti on for Griffiths After our third goal so he's getting, <laughs> uh, getting confident Which is absolutely fine uh, What else have we got on here uh, As well Let's go back to the phones And bring in Craig Who's in West Lothian Hi Craig Hello How's it going? Hi I'm fine yourself? Yes All good What's your point tonight? Uh, what it is, I've noticed over the last maybe about five or so weeks since a few of the Celtic first team players, uh, Julian, uh, Beaton, Christie and uh, Edward were out. It seems like everybody's been making a lot of excuses as to why they've been off form. Now, when the off form was played, people seem to forget that Rangers were also without quite a few key players. They were without Roof, who was getting into great form. We were without Jack, who did come on about 60 minutes in, but he was coming back from injury. Aribo, who could only come on for a couple of minutes. Katic, who actually scored the winner in the last old form. But it seems like everybody's focusing on that Celtic are only getting dominated now by Rangers because of players that they've got missing. But at the same time, Rangers, I would say, have also had just as many key players missing. I don't think that's the case. Uh, the Celtic supporters are in disagreement with each other over the manager and the way the team plays. They were stunned by the, the performance that Celtic gave against Rangers while losing 2-0. And they have questioned the manager's managerial skill set, basically. Uh, Celtic were unfortunate against Rangers insofar as uh, the COVID-19-related issues had denied them uh, players, particularly in defence, where young Stephen Welsh had to play, and I'm sure that he would not have played under any other circumstances. So they're not concerned by uh, the loss of players, they are concerned by the way mm. the team is playing. They've had four games Rangers, Milan, uh, Aberdeen, Lille, and they've lost 10 goals in those games. That's what the Celtic fans are concerned about. They're not talking about a decimated team. See the thing about these types of arguments Craig And I can see where you're going You know, Everyone's making excuses for Celtic And not for Rangers I actually think there's a bit more to it I think there's a, there's a compliment in there to, to Rangers Because you mentioned Nikola Katic but, but let's be honest Rangers are not missing Nikola Katic They're not They're not missing him at all Because the guys who are there Are doing a job It's a compliment to Rangers That that's the case When you look at some of the guys That Celtic are missing Celtic are, Celtic do dreadfully miss Odson Edward they, they do miss James Forrest When Shane Duffy And the back Three or four Are not performing Then they do miss Chris Julian it's, you, you want to view it as People are making excuses for, for Celtic And they're not making them For Rangers But I think hidden beneath that It's a bit of a compliment To Rangers Because they can Do without these players At the moment Quite comfortably So it's not yeah, It's not I, a blow I, I, do, I do agree I do agree with most of that Um the only part I wouldn't agree is I think that when Ruth was coming into form, the way he was linking up with the team, he was kind of just as important to Rangers. As, I know he's not been there as long, but the way he was playing and influencing was just as important as what Edward was doing for Celtic. Like If you look at the last, I'd maybe even say the last four or five games for Rangers, they've played really well as a team. They've got a lot of goals from all over the pitch, but Morelos has been relatively poor. So I do think at the same time if you had Ruth fully fit the way he was playing in that old firm rather than Morelos who really didn't do much bar wind up Brown I think he probably would have seen an even higher scoreline because Ruth seems to have 
Not right now. The other night, he wasn't at his best, but he's only maybe about 70% fit. When he was getting to the point of that 90% fit, he had the forward line ticking in the way that they were all able to move and integrate. But it's not been the same with Morelos. Yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got no idea. Had Roof played, would the scoreline have been bigger? No idea, Alex, because we'll, we'll the, that's Gordon. the thing about Rangers at the moment. And again, it's, it's, it's meant to be a compliment. They don't actually need all these match winners to be firing. Um, Craig mentions Morelos, you know, not having a quiet game. Ryan Kent had a really quiet yeah. old firm game. In fact, Ryan Kent's actually had a really quiet couple of weeks yeah. after starting the season. Well, it just doesn't seem to matter. Rangers have got a game plan and, and it's. It's, yeah, they're all they're all, they're all doing well within that. They're not, as you say, particularly a couple of games. I don't agree with Craig in terms of Morelos has not been he's been rotten. I, I don't I didn't see that. I think he's actually playing more for the team than he's ever done in the time that I've actually seen him at Rangers. I, I take on point that he's not scoring the goals, uh, and he, he probably can play a little bit better in the link up and so forth. But he has the uh, that period that he's talking about. I think Morelos started most of the games, Gordon, where they were getting the wins. So he was obviously playing within that structure, you know. So I don't think there's an issue for that. I think because of the control that Rangers are having within games, players are just playing at that that level, uh, and you're not really seeing, as you said, there, Gordon Kent has uh, kind of come off the boil the last couple of weeks. But they can always turn the game at a drop of a hat. Uh, Craig, what about tomorrow? You know, we've been asking the Rangers fans: is it still a fixture that that makes you nervous, or does the performances this season point to a more comfortable afternoon? How do you look ahead to it? Uh, the only thing that makes me nervous about the game is the pitch. I think it really depends. I think if we have a wet, if we have a wet afternoon tomorrow, I think the ball will move fast and Rangers will get the job done very easily. But if it turns out that the weather's pretty decent and that pitch is dry, it seems to slow down the game a lot. Like when I watched Celtic playing against Kilmarnock, it seemed like even when they were trying to make long-range passes along the deck, the ball was holding up. So I think it. I think it really depends on how the pitch is, to be honest with you. It can either be the pitch is going to be nice and slick and Rangers can play the way they want to play, and I think it'll be a pretty comfortable afternoon. Or, as I say, if the pitch is quite dry, it allows Kilmarnock more time to, for the body to slow down and for them to get into position to be able to defend properly. Rangers, yeah. I've noticed recently that Rangers' best part about their game is how fast they can actually go from getting the ball in their own half Transition. to driving forward. Now, Pitch is going to take a big thing about that. Also, quickly, I, I honestly don't think Morelos has been been absolutely rubbish. I, I didn't mean that he's been rubbish. I just think, as you say, the goal scoring wise, he's not been as good. Yeah. And I thought that when Ruth was on top, he was linking up a little bit better. But I wouldn't say he was rubbish. He's always he's always been a good player. Thank you very much. That was Craig in West Lothian. It's 01419511025 if you want to join in. It's at Clyde SSB on Twitter as well. Thirty eight gone. At hand and anything, anything doing. Yeah, I think Jack Ross would be very frustrated. Uh, you know, McGuinness had a wonderful chance and he delivered an unconvincing finish. Uh, then Craig Gordon made that magnificent save. Uh, on another day, Hibs could be two up now. Yeah, it was yeah. A good Hibs. opportunity there, Mark. When the ball came in from Boyle again, Boyle it's again. a lovely little in-swinging cross. And I think the, I think it was Halkett, maybe or so it's the one behind it, manages to put off. Dodge, otherwise he's got a free header at the back post. I tell you what, the, the Hearts defenders are scared to get close to Boyle in case he knocks it yeah, by them and yeah. just leaves them for dead. But it's he's also shown there twice in a row that he can deliver a good ball. So they're going to have to put some sort of pressure on him to stop him delivering to Nesbitt and Dodge. Let's hear from Stephen Robinson, a happy man as you would expect, particularly with his back four and goal scorer Tony Watt. I said earlier we've won four out of five now. Um, 
we have conceded a goal in those four games that we've we've won. So you know, good results are built on a, a solid defensive line, and I think today Declan Gallagher, Mark O'Hara, the whole back four were outstanding. And we had at times when we needed it real quality up front, especially our, our first goal in probably could have been three or four at half time. But um, second half, real disciplined, professional performance from the boys. And another goal for Tory. Yeah, right place, right time. He's playing very well. Um, obviously, Devontae came off at half time with a tight hamstring, so we asked Tony to, to play a little bit wider. And I think that's probably what we're doing better than what we've done early part of the season is managing games. You can just about hear that through the wind. He's a happy man, Hugh, and rightly so, because that's a, a very good win. It, it still goes down as a difficult place to go, even though Livy's home form's not. As good as it was last season Four wins out of five Not conceding many Last eight days 6-0 on aggregate to Motherwell Against uh, Ross County and Livingston uh, That's happiness for a manager They're doing very well Yeah I think is it Four out of the last five They've won Gordon mm-hmm. I think the, the form's good You know as I said They've got good options uh, Middle to front as well Good competitors in the middle of the park O'Hara and, and Campbell Decent at the back They've got some good players Gallagher and uh, O'Donnell So they just get a good balance yeah, No but football's so funny Because the start of the season When we're in here And he's going through a hard time And people We, we asked the question I show Stephen Robinson is he, is he nervous Is his job under threat When he was going into The European games And look at it now It just all changes They hit a run of form They get a few wins And they're absolutely flying Yeah he, he singles out Tony Watt again Second yeah. week in succession That he's scored He's now up to four For the season two In the the league You don't need me To even tee up The Tony Watt story Mark I think everyone knows it And everyone knows That the talent Is undeniably there Has he been mm. able To get settled anywhere Probably not um, But that's obviously The challenge for Stephen Robinson If you can harness What you've got there You genuinely are looking on paper At one of the most rounded strikers In, in the division Yeah But yeah. Can, can you get it out of him Exactly And, and Tony's a, obviously a confidence player He needs to be playing games And playing well And you know You need to manage him right And I think Stephen Robinson Is finding that balance now He's playing He's contributing um, And if you've got a striker like him Who's scoring goals And you know Creating assists Then you're only going to go one way in this league table And that's uh, that's up mm. So all looking rosy for Motherwell just now his last six Gordon So you know his confidence will be brimming 01419511025 Keep the calls coming in We could be speaking to you next And we'll get the halftime story from Hamden as well After they play You have your say 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line Mark Wilson, Alex Ray and Hugh Evans are here They're waiting to take your calls though So get them in nice and quickly Because we're slowly but surely getting out of time 01419511025 What are you thinking ahead of the games tomorrow? What about you Motherwell fans as well? You must be delighted We just heard from the manager Stephen Robinson Four wins out of five Tony Watt scoring again how important uh, could he be? Um, get all your thoughts in. We're on Twitter as well, at Clyde SSB. I'm just thinking about, again, Pataudry tomorrow. Uh, it's not Pataudry at all. After Pataudry last week, Mark, what what impact or or what lessons do we take from, from last week between the sides? Because it was like a dress rehearsal, if you like, albeit different circumstances. Does Neil Lennon do anything different based on, on what he saw last week? Does, does Derek McInnes? In my opinion for Neil Lennon I think the, the Celtic shape Looks much more suited uh, When it's a 4-2-3-1 I think it looked better on Thursday night um, And it's just a, a You know a question of personnel Within that shape for me anyway um, Derek McInnes I, I think he would be pretty happy Playing the same shape again I think he saw that Johnny Hayes Can play left wing back And he handled Frimpong Very very well 
I think when they changed and was it McLennan went to right wing back McCrory came in yeah. and McCrory came inside that also worked um, he's Hugh touched on it earlier it's a big pitch he's certainly got legs in his team as well um, uh, so I think I don't think they'll uh, they'll be fearing Celtic as much as they have done in previous games I think it's a good chance Derek McInnes even said mm. midweek they were bursting for the game to come and they would have taken it tomorrow if he had the chance so it shows where his head is in the build up to the semi-final uh, let's go to Hamden get the story of the first half with Gavin Pearson it is half time here in the first of the Scottish Cup semi-finals Hearts nil, Hibs nil. not much between the sides in terms of possession Hearts not afraid to shoot from distance with the conditions looking for a skinny surface to give them an advantage had a handful of shots on goal easily dealt with by Ophir Marciano uh, the two biggest chances of this first half falling to Hibs the first in the 16th minute Nisbet and Deutsch uh, combining brilliantly with a give and go on the right uh, a dummy from Nisbet saw the ball fall into the path of McGuinness who tried a side foot into the far corner it was blocked by the foot of Michael Smith Hibbs had a golden opportunity in the 29th minute to take the lead to Martin Boyle who has threatened on the right some lovely crosses from him in this first period and he flighted a perfect ball right onto the head of Nisbet six yards out and a wonderful one-handed save Craig Gordon seemed to be going the other way but he stretched out and managed to block it with his hand and he's kept things level in this game I mean it's not been a dirty game Gordon but we have had 20 fouls the conditions will be the reason but we haven't had any goals half time at Hamden in the Scottish Cup semi-final Hearts nil, Hibs nil. No goals, 20 fouls in the opening half, says Gavin Pearson here. Well, it's a, an Edmund Derby, you know, you know, we all understand the importance of the occasion. I just think that Jack Ross will be frustrated because Hibs have been uh, the more dangerous side. He's been frustrated by Craig Gordon with a magnificent save and he's been let down by McGuinness who should just have put his laces right through the ball. Uh, and I don't know what he was trying to do But it was a bad miss from his perspective It's ten fouls each by the way At least there's an even spread <laughs> I don't mind it because you have to factor in the, the conditions You know, it's slippery, it's windy And and there's a lot of these fouls as well are kind of calculated You know, yeah. and they're just kind of three cynical ones So I, I have no issue From the that. first ten seconds You could see the way the game was set up You'd where, enjoy that Where boys, what, fouls oh, just, just fouling fouling But it's, uh, it's kind of slowed the game down a bit but Hugh's right Jack Ross Obviously the most frustrated I think Hibs have been The better side mm-hmm. And created two Very good openings But Would have been ahead But a, a wonderful save From Craig Gordon And so encouraging then For Hearts Because the, the game At the moment Seems to be there For for, it, for either side to take mm-hmm. it And Hearts have had the Well I mean Is the McGuinness chance The best chance I would say Nesbitt's Is the best oh, chance Sorry sorry, sorry Yeah yeah Nesbitt, The wonder yeah. save but, but you know Hearts have had Enough sights of goal It's not like yeah, it's not as if they've been, been, been a threat. For yeah. me, they have been a threat. You know, I think when Boyce uh, links the play with Roberts coming off the flank and things, trying to get in behind Gordon, and, and you know, the, there was a, the the option as well for Boyce to play in Roberts. It was a bad decision making, uh, which should have been a free quick kick to Boyce for about 20 yards out. So they're still very much in this match. We had one of the managers, I can't even remember which one it was, Hugh, but one of them was talking about semi finals being nervy affairs because they mm. are, and the longer they go on, you don't want to make a mistake. There are no fans, though, to 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 f- provide that extra tension. But I just wonder if the longer this goes on, it, it, it maybe becomes mm. a little bit cagey. The natural pessimist in me says, you "If never. you're no, yeah, come yeah, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come no, on. I have to tell you, the natural pessimist in me tells me that if you have two chances, the like of which uh, Hibs have had in this first half, and you don't take either of them, you feel in the worst." You, you fear the worst that Hearts will go up and nick one And you won't get back 
Yeah, I the, think the, there's a, I think the way Hibs are playing at the back, I think it looks like there could be a mistake in them. So yeah. uh, you know that falls into Hugh's argument that. If you don't tuck your chances away at one end, you know, you always leave the door open. So Hearts will be encouraged it's still nil nil at half time the, and they can go out and have a goal. You're right, Gordon, about being nervous. I remember playing against Dundee United in the semi final. Oh, nerves before it. <laughs> <laughs> how, did, how did it end? <laughs> go on, well. Seven counter attacks later. <laughs> and I found myself seven one down. <laughs> what a night that was. Um, it's, well, you never know. Is Gavin Pearson in for a long night? Cause it, it of course. The, the full hog. Nah, it won't go that way No? Nah it'll be, it'll Are you, are you throwing out who's going to win this? Who are you putting the mockers on? No, no I am firmly of the belief that I said Hibs at the start I have to go with them all the way to the finishing post If I'm wrong, I'm wrong But I'm not going to change horses mid-race And again Alex, it, it is what it is So yeah. you don't want to keep banging on about it And it's certainly no point in, in offering it as an excuse But maybe just a little bit of Sympathy for the players Because the yes. conditions look terrible You know whether it was you know, We had a laugh about Capolo earlier yep. Clearly a lot more exposed Than than Hamden is But still you can see that You can actually see the rain In the direction that it's moving And it looks like it's it's tough to play in Yeah it's swirling all over the place Gordon And you have to have sympathy, sympathy Because it's so difficult to play in You know that as you, you know, Sometimes yeah. you think You can onto a ball It runs away for you Sometimes it's holding up And you're having to readjust your body But I have to say Both both sets of players Are really Who's that suit then? You think Hearts more well, than Hibs? I, I, I always think The team that are kind of Hibs are We recognise that Hibs are a, a better team Playing at a higher level at the moment But for me I always think it's a levelling mark For the team yeah. The smaller team Yeah I'd agree with that I think Hearts will die would uh, not welcome the weather, but they're more suited to this weather than Hibs because Hibs, the way they've been playing, not the ball, but well, yeah. got pace to go in behind, but they can't quite use it because it's hard to judge. Right, okay, then that's half time in the first semi final. The second one is tomorrow between Celtic and Aberdeen. Pick your Celtic team, Mark, the team that has the best chance of getting through to that final. Uh, I would go Bain and Go. I would go Frimpong, Beaton, um, Duffy, and Laxal. I would go McGregor and Brown. Um, and then El Yunusi, Christie, and Incham, Rogic. Oh, so you Rogic with Edward. Edward up front. Yeah, I would leave Incham out. But if you're asking me who Neil Wenning will play, I think Incham will get the nod again. You know, at list I've gone for the 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 back six. If you like the Frimpong, Duffy, Beaton, Laxall, Brown, McGregor, a bit of midfielders. Christie off the right, El Yunusi off the left. And Sham is the 10 And I think Edward will come back into play That's what I've gone for uh, If you're looking for Positives From the other night And maybe Even beyond Hugh Would, would Diego Laxalt Be one It's a strange start To a Celtic career Not many people are going to come in And yeah. not win any of their first four I think someone Forgive me for not Giving them the credit Someone tweeted me to say It was Tosh McKinley Was the last Celtic player Who didn't win any of his His first four games um, I could be wrong That was just Someone sent well, me that that'd In a tweet That would be a good omen Because Tosh then uh, In a Scottish Cup final Crossed mm. the ball For Pierre Van Hoydonk To win the yeah. cup But within that I think a lot of Observers have been liking What they've seen from oh, Diego yeah, yeah. Lacks out uh, recently uh, He is the one Shining light at the moment uh, That the supporters Like what they see uh, And want Celtic To make the deal permanent It's perfectly straightforward it's a funny world that we live in Celtic are going for 35 cup wins in a row But some supporters are not happy Celtic are going for a quadruple treble But some supporters are not happy Celtic are trying to win 10 in a row But some supporters are not happy uh, And Neil Lennon is the cause of their unhappiness They're saying that 
He is old school, etc., etc., etc. I don't think the old school wins you four trophies in a row as Neil Lennon has done. I don't think old school gets a, a two-two draw in Lille. But the the obvious frustration is there. Defensive fragility. Ten goals lost in four games. It's a massive match for Celtic tomorrow, and no Celtic fans there to help them. Uh, so it's a very big test. Of Celtic Against an Aberdeen team Who By comparison Get a free hit And a big game In the Premiership as well Rarely do you get Two games And two competitions On the same day Carrying as much weight As these two If Rangers go Nine points clear Of Celtic By virtue of beating Kilmarnock It is a pivotal day In the Championship Be Absolutely certain of that Well It's been an interesting Saturday afternoon And it's not over yet Still half time Hearts nil Hibs nil in the Scottish Cup Earlier on in the Premiership Just the two games Good win for Motherwell Two goals to the good at Livingston uh, Dundee United Edging out Ross County as well at Tannadice Tomorrow though has a really really interesting look about it Celtic and Aberdeen both going for a place In the Scottish Cup final And Kilmarnock against Rangers in the Premiership Lots to look forward to We're on air at quarter to twelve Nice and early So join us then We'll speak to you then George Bowie's up next with the GBX GBX